You know the vibes. Welcome back to the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. The NBA season is now in full flow. We had a big slate of games last night. Games you can recreate on NBA 2K24 if you hit the link and get your copy. But as always, I'm here moments here alongside me as always, the three-time NBA champion, looking sharp as ever in his <laughs> suit, fresh out of the Staples Center, BJ Armstrong. How you doing, my brother? Oh man, beautiful, beautiful. Real name, no gimmicks. So uh, we got the first one in the books. How does it feel to be back in, in the live action, you know, the NBA season finally being here? Well, you know, you're trying to get adjusted to the team, rookies, you know, all the adjustments and changes. So it was good. It was a good first game. Nice crowd. Clippers look really good, Mo. They look like uh, a team that you could, um, especially for the, in the playoffs. This is a team that really, if they're healthy, Mo, they could really cause a problem in a seven-game series. We had Paul George, 27 points. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had 23. I think they had five players in double digits as they picked up the 123-111 win over the Portland Trailblazers. What stood out to you about the Clippers? Because, you know, we saw them looking kind of impressive in the playoffs, even though they didn't beat Phoenix with Russell Westbrook. He had 11 mm -hmm. points and 13 assists tonight. How do you think that integration with Paul George and now with a healthy Kawhi is going to be as the season progresses? Well, the thing that stood out immediately when you watch this team is the depth of their team. They have a tremendous amount of depth, especially coming off the bench. I mean, Bones Highland, um, Plumlee, those guys were coming off and, you know, they really did a really nice job. So you can really see that they have, they're 10 deep. And hey. Nicholas Platoon and all of those guys, and they know their role. And, and, and besides that, the one thing you talked about, Paul George, and you talked about Kawhi Leonard. But the the leader of the team is Russell Westbrook. And mm -hmm. I think this is a really good fit for him. Uh, and they look like a team that's they know their roles. They know kind of where they fit. And I think they know the the task at hand. You can tell they're, they're playing with the idea, we're going to get through the regular season. And once they get through the regular season, potentially, possibly, they can get to, uh, get to make a run. In the it's a long regular season. We just 81 <laughs> more games for them to get through. I want to ask you this. What was the atmosphere like in the, the, the Staples? I'm not going to call it crypto arena in the Staples Center. What was the atmosphere like? You know, because we know Lakers fans get rowdy, but Clippers fans traditionally over the years, you know, it's just been people who couldn't get Laker tickets have got Clipper tickets. But what was the atmosphere? Are they building an organic fan base over there for the Clippers? Well, you know, well, they, they put up pictures in the arena of their new home. I think it's opening, I think, next year. The Inuit Dome, which has yes. the most toilets of any arena in the and, world. And, you know, it was funny. It was funny this year. They they had up all the signage this year for the Crypto Center. So it really felt like the Crypto Center uh, this year coming down there. But I think the Clippers are really gearing up for their future because they're going to have their own home arena there. I think it's going to be in Inglewood. I think yep. I, if I saw yep. it correctly. So it's taken over be, the hood. It, should be, it looks great. I mean, by the way, it looked fantastic. And um, it, it, was, it, it looked like it's going to be a really nice facility. Oh, man, I, I have a weird thing, BJ, where I'm fascinated by stadium designs and arena. Like I watch YouTube videos of like all the stadiums they built for the World Cup, any stadium they're building in a Premier League. All the arenas in the NBA, I just love watching how they're built. And the Clippers one, 
Um, the fact that they've got the wraparound, one of the biggest video screens in the world that wraps around the entire arena. The fact that the seats are going to be so steep. But anyway, we're not going to talk about the stadium design today. We'll save that for the off-season. Did you manage to catch catch up on any of the other games from around the league? Or were you I, I just saw busy a few in the arena? games. I saw the, uh, the Knicks game. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we even get to that, how are we talking about this game you went to and didn't even talk about the other team? The Paul and Trailblazers, the New oh, Look Blazers. You got to talk to me about the... We almost skipped right ahead of Scoot Henderson's NBA nice. debut. Talk to me about yeah, the Blazers. You know, what Scoot, do you see? It was, it was a tough night for Scoot. Yeah, I think he ended up being in double figures. He scored a lot of points late in the game when the game was out of reach. But he looked like he's going to be a nice young player. It's going to take him some time. Um, Brogdon, really... I thought he he played well. and uh, But Scoot was there... The kid, uh, Anthony Simons, mm-hmm. you know, he looks like a really nice player. The Time Lord, I was there. You know, he looked, he he didn't look the same in his in his. Uh, I hope you sent him our regards, black. though. He didn't look, <laughs> but but you, the one thing you did you did like about the Portland Trailblazers, they have some nice young talent. They have some really nice young players, young players that you can. If I was a playoff team, I would look, especially if they're veterans. You know, you're looking at Jeremy Grant, you're looking at Brogdon. This kid, Anthony Simons, can play. You're looking at the time lower. I'm talking, these guys can really come in, I think, and contribute to a playoff-level team. But overall, I think they have some nice young pieces, a lot of young players. But some of these guys really have some nice talent, nice potential. And, um, you know, I I, I kind of I, I see what they're doing. I'm, I'm not expecting them to be a playoff team or even play meaningful games. However, you you can see that this is a team that you probably wouldn't want to play on a back-to-back. Were you somewhat underwhelmed by DeAndre Ayton's debut? You know, he's talked all offseason about being dominant, no, dominating, I, 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 four no, points, five I, fouls I, in 23 minutes. No, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't because of the following. You know, you when you have a big, you got to have good guard play. And DeAndre Ayton is playing with an inexperienced guard right now in school. Mm-hmm. Right? And DeAndre Ayton, unlike the Time Lord, the Time Lord doesn't need plays to figure out how to play and score. Well, DeAndre Ayton needs touches to, to play and score. Yeah. So when you have a young guard like Scoot, who's going to be better? I think he's going to be a terrific player. DeAndre Ayton probably would fare better playing with Brogdon than Scoot Henderson right now. Yeah. Okay. And And, and to be fair with him. So if you put veterans around DeAndre Ayton, and let him play with, you know, Brogdon, Simons, Jeremy Grant, and those guys. I think he fits in better because they'll know how to get him the ball where he needs it. Where on the other hand, with Scoot, Scoot is, a, uh, you know, he's a drive first penetrating guard and he's trying to get to the basket. And that's not DeAndre Ayton's game. You know, Time Lord had a couple of dunks here that you were like, pretty impressive because he's just playing in the in the flow of the game where DeAndre Aiden that's not his game so um but I I get it you know people are expecting a lot from him but I think you know he just needs to play with veteran players in particular he needs to play with a veteran guard well Scoot Henderson had 11 points five of 11 from the field not the most impressive debut however it's worth noting that of the recent 19 year old point guards who were top three picks in the NBA draft um Lamelo Ball had zero points, zero from five from the field. Kyrie Irving had six points, two of 12 from the field. And both of those guys went on to win rookie of the year. And they were an all-star in their second year. So Scoot is no doubt going to improve on that performance. 
uh, being thrown in at the deep end is always tough. But you mentioned the Knicks game earlier. Um, did you manage to catch much of it? Because it had me nervous. Kind of I'm not going to lie. In and out. Um, I saw they were down big, and then they came back. You're, as, you're Celtics. I know as, you picked the Knicks to win that game. You the unserious the- Celtics are back. It was giving me flashbacks to 2023. Yeah, but it, it was <laughs> so I didn't see the end of the game. But you know, I just heard people talking about it. it Sound like it was a pretty exciting uh, finish. Yeah, well, they had um, Al Horford coming off the bench. I don't know if that's the lineup really? they're going to stick with to to save his legs. Yep, they had um, they had a kind of a small ball a small ball starting five, if you will, um, with Derek White, Drew Holiday, Brown, Tatum, and Paul Zingis. Um, Jalen Brown had kind of a, a shaky night in some parts. Um, Drew Holiday still going to find his rhythm with this team. He was one from five from three, finished with nine points. Uh, he did finish with three blocks, though. Um, Jason Tatum making that MVP charge, 34 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. But the headline is Kristaps Porzingis, 30 points, eight rebounds, and four blocked shots. And there was one moment in the game, he had a little thing with Isaiah Hartenstein, where Hartenstein flopped a little bit. And there was a little bit in the game where the crowd was really going at him. You know, former Knicks player, um, they were saying F Porzingis, and he just turns up, cashes in a deep three, and kind of seals it. Because the Knicks were up by six with under four minutes to go. Oh, really? Um, But what really stood out to me down the stretch was Jason Tatum had a couple possessions there. One way he found Drew Holiday for a layup, one way he found Porzingis for a three. And it's now at the end of games for the Celtics, it's not just going to be an isolation with Tatum catching the ball on the free throw line and trying to get his own shot. He was looking to be a playmaker for his teammates now, which I think is a difference in late game execution. That could be the difference between winning and losing close games. Wow. Well, that's a that's a nice win for them on the road and the opening day. I'm sure the the crowd was, you know, the they were where they were turned up. I'm sure they're in New York. So good win, good start. And uh, it's interesting that they're they're bringing Al Horford off. You know that that's interesting. I didn't I didn't expect that with his leadership and what he does there. But none nonetheless, I'm sure um, people will start panicking after one loss there in New York. Nah, man, I'm here for it. I mean, well, Al Horford is going to be turning, he's 37 now, he'll turn 38 at the end of this season. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that's funny to me is they always do like, you know, like year, they started doing like year 17 for LeBron and it's like 17th season, right? Mm -hmm. Why are we not doing year 17 for Al Horford? Is it year 17 for Al Horford? He came in in 07. Somewhere around so it's year, year 16, 17, yeah. So, so <laughs> we're doing that. Shall I was around the association and catch you guys and BJ up with what else happened elsewhere? Um, the Rockets, it's going to take some time for their offense to come together because they got absolutely destroyed by the Orlando Magic, uh, 116 to 86. Jonathan Isaac, who's played 11 games in the last two seasons, had a really nice 11 minutes, putting up 11 points and four rebounds. Um, but BJ, you know your dream of the seven footers. Yes. I think that the magic are somewhat three fifths of the way there because Franz, Paolo, and Wendell Carr Jr. Although they're not seven footers like Wemby, uh, but the, those three big guys playing together because they're all like six ten, six eleven, six eleven. They've got some real good chemistry there that between the three of them. And then I think. It's just a case of figuring out the guards. I think they started with Fultz and Suggs, and then Cole Lancey came off the bench and gave them 20. 
Um, but once they figure out the guard rotation, I think they've got something real special in Orlando. Uh, the Wizards got annihilated by the Pacers. They put up 120 points, but the Pacers put up 143. Mm. Eight Pacers in double digits. You know, I was saying earlier in the summer, the Pacers are going to be one of my favorite teams to watch on League Pass. Um, they just fly in transition, B. They yes. just fly in. The pace that they're yeah, playing Obi with. Obi was a nice pickup for them. But this is a thing now. You've got Obi Toppin and, and Miles Turner, who in transition are diving straight to the hoop, which is in turn collapsing the defense, and you've got your shooters open on the wings. They've just paid Aaron Neesmith. They've still got Buddy Heald. Um, they've got Mathurin. They've got Tyrese Halliburton orchestrating the show over there. It's going to be a long season for the Wizards, though. It's going to be a real... I was watching a pool isolation, and then it was Kuzma's turn for isolation. And each time it just ends up in a turnover and the pace is flying out in transition. Um, the Hawks lost against the Hornets. BJ, I said I wasn't going to slander players. Trey Young, four of 19, five turnovers, minus 11 against the Charlotte Hornets. Mm, mm. Against yeah, the Charlotte Hornets, yeah, respectfully. Yeah, that's tough. That, but, you know, it's early. It's early in the season. I mean, um, Jalen Johnson coming off the bench, finally getting some minutes for the Hawks is a bright spot. He finally got into the rotation a bit more. Uh, 21 points, seven rebounds, two steals. But for the Hornets, um, Rozier had 24, PJ Washington had 25. But this kid, Brandon Miller, the second pick in the draft, he came alive in the fourth quarter. He came off the bench, which is rare for like a top, top draft pick on a rebuilding team to be coming off the bench. Um, but he had 13 points, eight of which were in the fourth quarter. He had a really nice step back three in the corner to get himself going. What do you think is the reason that they're bringing him off the bench rather than throwing him straight into the I, I starting lineup? I think it's lineup? better to bring these young guys off the bench. Come on, I mean, you're you're making a transition into the NBA. So I, I personally agree with that. You bring these guys in, you help them transition. I think it's easier as a younger player to play against the backups than it is to play against the starters, right? You're playing in an NBA game, but I think it's easier to play against the backup than playing against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the majority of the minutes. So I think it's a nice transition for a young guy. He's a, he's a young player and, and, and in due time, you know, give him, you know, let him go around the league for a little bit, you know, 25, 30 games before you just insert him in there and kind of give him some preparation um, or give him some confidence before he starts playing against the, the best of the best, the starters in this league. Well, you know, BJ, in your career, you know, when you're with the Bulls, 82 games, you'll start in 82 games. But when you made stops elsewhere, um, like with the Warriors, you were coming off the bench. I hear a lot of guys who come off the bench talk about how it's harder because you have to be on fire instantly. You don't get to ease yourself into the game and find the rhythm. You just have to come off the bench and make an impact right away. Do you think that's an impact, though, that's kind of an obstacle for these young players? Well, I think it, it it depends on each situation. So, you know, I was, I, I, it's funny you asking that question because I was thinking tonight, I was like, God, if I was playing in the NBA today, I think I would want to come off the bench. Why? I, I, was, I was saying that to, I was saying that today. I was, I was just looking at the way the game is played. You know, the starters, you know, I was like, yeah, you play with, if you're, a, if you're an elite player, meaning, you know, a, a player where they're going to call the plays for you, like Kawhi Lennon, Paul George, for instance, tonight, you're going to get your touches. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you're if you're Zubak. Robert Covington. <laughs> Robert Covington, you're just, it just depends on whether those guys want to pass that night or not. Mm. Okay, but if you're coming off as a starter, I mean, if you're coming off the bench, you're playing kind of in a system. 
right? You're actually seeing the coach's system being implemented because they demand that they ball movement, player movement. So I was like, you know what? In today's game, I would want to play. I would want to play that way. I would prefer to play that way than just to say to catch the ball and play and and do isolation basketball. Um, I don't know if it's harder. I think I think you, it's an art. I think you master the art because mentally you have to be into the game. You know, and and as a starter, you play yourself into the game. Mm-hmm. So as a as a bench player, I learned to like okay. Oh, this is how the game is going to be played. This is how I have to play now. Yeah. So the engagement mentally into the game, I found much more challenging coming off the bench. And it requires much more focus because you don't get that four or five minutes to kind of ease into it. You're like, you know, you're coming in at the three, four minute mark and you got to insert yourself right into the game without warmups. So um, to me, that that was much more challenging. So I, 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 you know, I said to him, I was like, God, if I was playing today, I would prefer to come off the bench. I think that's a, like, I, you know, who was at the game? And, and the reason I thought that, because I saw Lou Williams at the game. Tonight. Hey, say my lot, Lou Williams. And I said, you know what? Lou Williams figured that out early in his career. Mm-hmm. And he played for such a long time. And he was really, he mastered the art of standing engaged. And once you put him in, he, you know, he had instant heat checks. Yep. So I was like, that to me was an art and coaches respect that because, you know, it is difficult because most guys want to play themselves into a situation, but you always want to, you know, as we like to say, as a professional, you want to work your minutes. Mm-hmm. So Lou, Lou Williams mastered the art of saying, I'm not going to get 35 minutes, but I'm going to, I'm going to work these 24 minutes. And he was very successful doing it. So it was, it was good to see him at the game. And shout out to Jamal Crawford as well. We've got to get him back on the show. Um, yeah, elsewhere, they, yeah. elsewhere in the league, the Raptors won a close one against the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves yeah. just ran out of time at the end. Um, oh, wow. 97 to 94. Uh, it was 97 to 91. Cat hit a big three, but they just, the clock expired. Ant-Man had 26 points and 14 rebounds in what's going to be a big season for him. But OG, 20.6 rebounds, two steals and three blocks. I'm excited to see the bidding war for OG at the trade deadline if he's not going to sign an extension with the Raptors mm-hmm. um, because that those two steals and three blocks, that's defensive player of the year candidacy, my boy. Um, now, now let's get to the good one, BJ, because if you weren't at the game, you would have been going crazy. You would have been going crazy watching this next game. The Detroit Pistons, 102, the Miami Heat, 103. Yeah, the Heat were up huge to start the fourth, and the Pistons cut it all the way down. Cade, 30 points, nine assists. Jalen Duran, 17 points, 14 rebounds. Osar Thompson became the youngest player in NBA history to have five blocks on his debut. Oh, and wow. bear in mind, he's six foot seven. The previous record was held by Sean Bradley, who was seven foot six. And you were very close to winning this game. Cade just missed the, the three-pointer at the buzzer, which would have given you the win. But I like this young Pistons team. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I was interesting. I, I I was following that game, as you know, um, and we were down big. Interesting to line up, you know, with Killian Hayes starting and, and Cade and Thompson and and, and uh, I think they had uh, – 
Stewart. You know, Stewart and and and, and a coach, my guy Duran. You know, yeah. Duran had a, I thought that was a great matchup, Duran and, and and Bam. So mm-hmm. um, but it was nice to see them be competitive. And that was nice to see them come out, play competitive, get some, you know, good uh, they're in a game. And I like it when teams, especially the young teams, they start playing meaningful games that they feel they can win. So that was a great job for them in their debut game. Um, unfortunately, they lost, but I thought it was a good game for them on the road. Well, we were just talking about coming off the bench. Hopefully you can get Lou Will or, or Jamal Crawford to give Jaden Ivey some tips if he's going to be coming off the bench because he was one from seven from the field. He's obviously still a very young player in this league, but if they can turn him into an electric sixth man, um, then that could be that could be the difference between winning and losing some of these games. You know, just a couple of his shots go in, they've won this game against Miami. Um, the Cavs and the Nets, another close one. Um, 114 to 113, the Cavs took the win. Donovan Mitchell hit a three-pointer down the stretch with, I think, like 12 seconds to go. He bumped Cam Johnson to the floor, stepped back, cashed in a three. Um, then the Nets went down the other end. Cam Thomas, who had 36 points off the bench, seeing as we t- this is the microwave episode. We talk about right. guys getting hot off the bench. Uh, Cam Thomas had 36 points off the bench. He missed a three that would have given him the win, and Cam Johnson missed the putback. Um, but the thing that stood out to me is, you know, I've always been saying the problem for the Cavaliers. I know what you think the problem for the Cavaliers is, as you've said on the show many times, that Mobley has to be the best player and da 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 da. But I've always said they had a hole at the three because they would either have a player that could shoot and can't defend or they'd have like a Coro and who can defend but can't shoot. Max Struess came in with 27 points and 12 rebounds. I saw that. And, you know, instead of being a guard, they've just slotted him in at the three. And I think that's a really good fit. And I'm excited to see what the Cavs can do this it's year. It's extremely small with their big lineup. You know, I, I was looking at I was just looking at the size. But, well, you know, we'll see. I mean, because Donovan Mitchell is, you know, yeah. he's only 6'2". One through three, they're small. But then four and five, they're huge. So mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's like there's know, no it's, middle it's, ground. It's, it's, a, it's an odd combination. But nice job. Nice win. Um, but again, I, I think Mobley only had like, the, you know, what, 10, 12 points or so. But, you know, mm. we'll, see. we'll see as the season's early. Yeah, I mean, there's all those rumors about, you know, um, Donovan Mitchell being unhappy over there. And um, we'll see how long he stays with the team. I think it would help a guy like Mobley if Mitchell was to move on. Not that it would make the team better for Donovan Mitchell to leave, but, you know, just having that more touches available, more shots available. Mobley mm-hmm. was 5 of 11 from the field, so 45%. Um, what else happened in the NBA? The Pelicans, 111 over the Grizzlies, 104. Zion, yeah, nice back healthy. He had 23 and 7. 12 of those points coming in the fourth quarter. CJ had 24. Um, Desmond Bain trying to hold it down for Memphis with 31 points. Marcus Smart and Xavier Tillman had 17 apiece. Disappointing okay. from Jaron Jackson Jr., a player of his caliber. You know, he got the big extension. You would expect him now to step up. Uh, but the good news for the Memphis Grizzlies is there's only 24 games remaining without Jama right now. The first one's out of the way. And uh, <laughs> before you know it, he'll be back. The Thunder took a huge win against the Bulls. And now there's all these reports coming out as we speak about the Bulls having arguments after the game in their locker room. And I, I think I saw something about Billy Donovan. He, he went and asked the players, do you want me to intervene? And they said no. So he just let them go at it. Um, but Shea had 31 points and 10 assists. Chet had his NBA debut. He only had 11 points. Um, 
But it was a one-point game. No, in the they're, third already having, they're already oh, yeah. having arguments. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to have to break up that team this season. It was a one-point game in the third quarter. Then the OKC Thunder went on a 12-0 run. Uh, the highlight of the game for the Bulls, you'll probably see this on, or you won't see it on social media, but I'll send it to you. Andre Drummond stole the ball from Chet, dribbled down the court in transition, broke Chet's ankles and laid the ball in. That was the welcome to the league young fella moment of the night. Um, but Zach Levine really struggled. No points in the first half, um, even though he had four turnovers and three fouls. And then he had 16 points, four of 16 from the field in the second half. I think it's just a matter of time before they move to Rosen, before they move Levine, and then they just try and rebuild because they're stuck in this middle ground of not being bad enough to get good picks. Well, Orlando have their pick anyway from the Vucevic trade, but not being good enough to compete. I don't see that team surviving the trade deadline. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, you know my bullies, I, you know, I'm a little biased towards the Bulls, so hopefully they'll get it together, but it's not looking good. Going back to last season, and, you know, I don't know how this team is going to improve. I don't know how they're going to get better unless they really just say, we're going to really say, what are you going to do with DeRozan? which will probably trigger Levine, which will probably trigger them into a rebuild. You know, as a Bulls fan, you don't want to see that, but it looks like that that's where it's going or that's where it's heading right now. Well, I think it's just really unfortunate with um, Lonzo Ball's injuries because when they had Lonzo Ball at the point guard position, orchestrating everything, finding those guys in their spots and also turning himself into a knockdown shooter, they were top of the East. Remember, they had that run up until about January where they were the top one or two seed in the Eastern Conference. And then with the injuries to Ball and Caruso at the time, um, they kind of fell off. And now with Lonzo not returning, it's been like, this, this is his third season not playing now. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of tough. The Kings took the 130-114 win over the Jazz. Malik Monk had a huge poster dunk. I need to send you that highlight as well. Harrison Barnes had 33 points. Sabonis had 22 and 12. Jazz will take some time to interview the new pieces. But the game I wanted to talk to you about was the Spurs and the Mavs. Okay. 119 to 126, the Mavs took the win. Luca hit a huge step back down the stretch to ice it. But before the game, I was doing my Twitch stream, BJ. And I was saying on the stream, what I'm looking for in this game is Kyrie Irving to have the ball on the perimeter, Wembenyama to get switched onto him, and then Kyrie to call for an ISO. And then we'll see what happens, right? Because any other seven-footer in the NBA... That's barbecue chicken. But guess what? Wemby held his own against Kyrie Irving on the perimeter. So good signs. Uh, Luca, 33 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Kyrie had 22. Grant Williams had 17. Derek Lively, the rookie, had 16. On the other side, Wemby had 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, and two steals. And what was weird to me, though, BJ, because I was watching this game. You obviously in the arena, you couldn't see it. I was watching this game and Wemby had a flurry of scoring with about like five minutes left in the fourth. And then his teammates just didn't get him the ball. Okay. It was it was very weird to watch. Is this like a purposeful tank? Is this his teammates already not wanting him to have the limelight? What was that about? Because it was a very yeah, close game, right? It was like a one possession game for like the last three minutes. Get the big fella the ball. Yeah, you know, it, it, it'll work itself out. I, I, He had like 15 points. And I remember after his first game in Summer League, everyone was like, oh, they'll figure it out. I mean, give him time. 
He, oh, I'm, he, I'm not worried about him. I'm I'm wondering why his teammates wouldn't give him the ball. Well, they're they're young too. I mean, it takes time. It's not like you just come in and you know it just takes time to build to that. So they'll they'll work it through. All right. Well, that's what happened in the NBA tonight, um, or last night for us in the UK. Tomorrow night or up tonight. BJ hasn't been asleep yet. That's why I'm saying tomorrow night. Um, but we've only got two games. You want to give us quick predictions? I think these will be, well, the first one will be an easy pick. But the second one, I want to see what your take is. Who's playing tomorrow? Who's playing tomorrow? The Sixers and the Bucks. Oh, Bucks. <laughs> James Harden will be traveling with a team, but he won't be playing. Um, but the one I wanted to get your opinion on is the Suns and the Lakers. That's a tough. I, I, I'm going to say the Lakers. I think L.A. is going to win because those guys have two nights here in L.A. early in the season. Mm-hmm. So when I say those guys, the Suns, the Suns are, you mm-hmm. know, they, they've they been here for a couple of days now. See, BJ's in the hotel doing the podcast. Devin Booker and the crew, I don't know what they're doing tonight. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think the Lakers, but I would not be shocked if the Suns if the Suns come out and get a win tomorrow, I think this is a great opportunity. Clearly, you know, both of these teams are expected to be at the top or somewhere near the top uh, in the Western conference. So this is a meaningful game, but I expect the Lakers to win at home, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Suns came in here and got a win tomorrow night in crypto.com. I think it's imperative. The Lakers get a win tomorrow night. Or tonight. Um, I, I saw this clip from a press conference of LeBron James sitting next to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis looks like, you know, when you're in school and you get in trouble and then the teachers call your parents into the school and you're in the head teacher's office and they're telling your parents how badly behaved you are. I don't know if you can relate to this. I was a bad mm-hmm. kid. They're telling you and you just kind of sit there looking at the floor like you don't want to be there and you're kind of embarrassed that, you know, you've let your parents down and, you know, they're going to beat you when you get home. Uh, but this is what LeBron said in a press conference, which was interesting to me. I'm going to play it for you now. My performance, what I did individually in the time that I was out there, I think I was productive. I think so. I was a plus seven for the game. No turnovers, so... I like the no turnovers more than anything. Um, so that was very weird to me because your team's just lost in the game that you said you had circled all off season long, and in the press conference you're saying that you're happy with your own individual performance and basically blaming your teammates for losing the game for a leader yeah, I, I, for, a, gonna, for a I'm king. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you. Yeah, I'm that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just okay. going to let you handle that one. You know the whole hopefully media is coming. games later, we won't be talking yeah. about that. Well, hopefully we are. Um, <laughs> AD, you know he's going to get cooked by the media. Darwin Ham's very questionable coaching tactics in that game. And you're sitting there saying, well, I was happy with my performance. I didn't have any turnovers. I was a plus seven. It's your guys' fault we lost. So if the Lakers don't win again and they go on a little slide, let me get their schedule up here. Um, if they go on a little slide to start this season, I don't know, because they got to face the Suns and then they got to face the Kings. 
who that's a big game for the Kings because the Kings hate the Lakers almost as right. much as I do. Then they're facing um, the Magic. Then they've got, okay, you could beat the Magic, but then you've got to play the Clippers and they've not beaten the Clippers in what feels like forever in the regular season. You could potentially, one, two, three, start one and four to begin the season. And then all of a sudden, the media's going crazy. And that's, that's very possible for this team. Uh, it's very possible. But they have a nice team. The Lakers do. So I'm not too concerned. Tough schedule, you know, opening up in Denver. Then you plan against the Suns. So it's going to be tough for them. But, you know, tomorrow night, I think will be a big game. I think it, it'll be a big game and it'll be a feature game. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Yes, we will indeed. And we'll be here to break it all down for you. You're going to be at the arena for that one, right? I'll be at the game tomorrow night. So more. I'm, 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 okay. I'm going back to back. I'm going okay. back to back. Okay. He's going back to back. Oh, man. I'm jealous because I know it's going to be hype in there. Uh, BJ, appreciate you making time in your hotel appreciate suite. It getting a podcast done no excuses i appreciate it the hustle means a lot and i know the fans at home appreciate it too there's your roundup of tonight's nba action we've got a lot more topics to discuss we'll save them for later in the week but i just wanted to whip around the nba and get you up to speed with everything that's been going on tonight appreciate bj um enjoy tomorrow night tomorrow night and um get home safe after the game so we can record another episode and enjoy your day in la what have you got planned in the daytime tomorrow Hey, you know what? Just got to get it in. Get that work in. Get it done. Get ready for the game. Yes, sir. Uh, Make sure you guys are listening. Subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, whatever platform you get your podcasts on. And most importantly, get buckets.